prepare to preach these sermons with the assumption that hundreds of people will tune in, and I'm grateful for all those who are joining us and attending these services in heart and mind, but today I'm just going to preach with 20 people in mind, 10 high school graduates and 10 university graduates as we celebrate both Trinity and Baccalaureate Sunday. Now, of course, everyone else, again, is invited to listen in. But so that I may be upfront with all of you from the beginning, this isn't going to be for everyone, just them. There are only 20 people on my mind as I speak now. Dear graduates, last Sunday was... Pentecost Sunday, the church was born in a fiery whirlwind of God's Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit, tongues of fire, danced on the apostles' head, pushed them out into the streets, out of their houses, out of their comfort zones, into the streets to speak with passion and conviction about our common destiny in God. That's how the church begins. Not with the ratification of a constitution or a decorous swearing-in ceremony or anything at all resembling planning or organization or decorum. Rather, the church begins out of control, in a firestorm, in a divine conflagration. Today, we go all the way back to the beginning. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, everything was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Again, neither the church nor scripture begins with a ceremonious calm, but with chaos. The closest translation of the Hebrew in Genesis, in Genesis 1 verse 1 is not even formless void, but topsy-turvy or out of whack or even confused. So read it with me this way. In the beginning, nothing seemed right. Nothing worked. Nothing was just. Nothing made sense. Just matter smashing into matter in every direction. Chaos, tumult, disorder. But the Spirit of God and the same verse is hovering over the waters, brooding over the waters. Another way of thinking about it is to say that God's Spirit trembles or pulses over the waters. To have been there in the moment might have been like hearing the, the cacophony of an orchestra as it, everyone began tuning their instruments at the same time, and then a slow drumbeat begins. Boom. Boom. And all the other instruments begin to find rhythm and harmony by its steady pulse. The drum of God's own heart beating, pulsing, providing a fundamental rhythm and a center for, of gravity that begins to give shape to all the surrounding chaos. From there, each day is another drum beat, a pounding of God's heart. Boom. Boom. A word with a pulse, <laughs> creating 
and creating still. Let there be light. Let there be sky. Let there be land. Let there be stars and sun and moon. Let there be creatures in the air and sea. Let there be creatures on land. Let there be humankind. Let there be humankind in the image of God. Oh, the places you will go, graduates. But in recent months, you, along with the rest of us, have been rested out of any normal sense of order and security. Everything now is unprecedented. Everything that is happening right now has never been seen before in the likes of this country. Not the combination, not the unique combination of what is happening right now, unprecedented. Thousands, millions of people out in the streets protesting in solidarity with the lives of black people to, to say out in the open, together, black lives do matter. And on this Trinity Sunday, it's not even enough to say that. But Christians know even more. And we add another layer to this cry for justice, which is to say, or for me to say as a white man, knowing that we are all created in the image of God, then to be in relationship with God means that if I am not in relationship with a black person or a brown person or a person who doesn't have the same skin color as I do, and especially a person who has been oppressed by systems and structures that have been placed for hundreds of years, then I cannot know the fullness of God. It's unprecedented to, to walk through the streets of Asheville right now and to see buildings, windows, businesses boarded up all around downtown. Unprecedented to see images of police officers dressed in riot gear. Unprecedented to see tear gas flowing in Pack Square Park. Tear gas, tear gas. A chemical weapon outlawed by the Geneva Con Conventions, unprecedented what you graduates are being sent into today. As, as Jim Gaffigan recently commented, everything's unprecedented now. I want to go back to things when things were just precedented. But there's no going back. Things weren't great when they were precedented. Something new is happening. And yet this chaos has barred you from the rites of passage that everyone else got to enjoy without ever imagining scenarios like this. And I want to say to you, I'm just sorry about that. No walking across the stage to get your diploma, no prom, no beach week, no Caswell. But guess what you get to do? Guess what you get to do that no one else got to do when they were your age? You get to wade 
into the troubled waters over which God presides now, you will get to take pride in the stories about all of this that will make your children and grandchildren fawn the same way you do over your grandparents' and parents' stories about the Great Depression or World War II or the 60s or when my generation was coming of age, 9-11. I remember it like it was yesterday, walking to Ginder Park Baptist Church for the opening convocation for my first year in seminary. A beautiful day when all of a sudden, wait a minute, are you yawning right now? I know we're online, but I feel like I heard someone yawn. Ah, I understand what, what you're going through now. There's no precedent. There's no precedent in modern American history for the combination of chaos in which you're graduating. Except, except that we know what happens in the beginning. In the beginning, God broods over, pulses over, stirs over, troubles the primordial waters of creation. Then God entrusts creation to our care. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. This does not mean, this does not mean contrary to, to popular belief, to dominate or extract from creation or, or to turn it into a commodity for consumption, but that we represent God's interests on creation's behalf to love creation and one another as God loves us, to be ambassador, to be ambassadors of God, of God's presence in the world. Like no other graduating class that I know of in American history, God is now entrusting it to you to recognize in whose image you are made and to know with certainty that to you a new future has been entrusted one more wide open and with more potential for newness and new life than anyone who will ever take for going to the prom for granted. The prom, by the way, it's fine. I mean, it's fun. It's fine. To you has been entrusted the capacity for new expressions of what it means to say community for reimagining what makes for human flourishing and what a beloved community can do and be for the sake of the common good. Take that, class of 2019. God's crowning achievement in creation was making you in God's image which means that you may always be in conversation with God, in conversation with others whom our social constructs say don't matter, but who you know as a Christian, a person of faith, matter very much to you, to God, to our salvation, It means you never be apart from God. To be made in God's image means that God has promised never to
forsake you because God cannot forsake God's own image. One of the easiest ways to explain Trinity Sunday, which really can't be explained, is finally to say, God has chosen to be with us. And we've been gifted to be with God. So now you have been tossed back into the baptismal waters, but now with new revelations at hand. Now you get to stand on the precipice of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. When I graduated high school, I walked through a football stadium, down the track. Marshals guided me to my seat. I sat in the blazing sun with this like polyester robe on and the cheap tassel and the hat and all. I don't even, I had to give that stuff back though because the public schools owned it. And I sat and listened to speeches that I don't remember And I did get to walk across the stage, and it was great. It was great. I appreciate that memory, but it it wasn't quite what you get to do. Which is open the first page of the Bible and step into the very first verse of the very first chapter and stand on that sandy shore and look out over an ocean of new possibility. And to see it stirred in the white caps from its choppiness. And to know that if you step into the tidal pools that you may run the risk of a riptide. You may be tossed to and fro by the waves. And yet, this is what is opening up to you now, class of 2020. I'm insanely jealous so do you hear the voice of God now speaking to you the God in whose image you were made calling you out of comfort and familiarity calling out of house and home and the comforts of hearth and family and precedented things to look out over the waters of a new creation. Do you hear God's voice calling you, singing to you, beckoning you? Wait in the water. Wait in the water, children. Wait in the water. God's going to trouble the waters.